Good morning, DCF. I'm Dave Weisiger. My wife, Valerie, and I are on eldership here. We just want to welcome you for uh, joining us online. Thank you very much. Um, we get to hear from David Woodham this morning. He's going to be winding up a three-week series that we've been doing on love. But first, we get to join the Northlands crew and just worship the Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we are here in our homes. We get to worship you in our homes in this country, and we are going to, to do that this morning. Lord, we just thank you that we get to honor you. We get to lift our voices. Lord, thank you that you are here and present. In your holy name we pray, amen.
Morning and welcome to DCF's online service. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, my name is David Woodham. Uh, I am excited to be bringing you the message this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, loving one another, and uh, this is a very, um, I think, important message, especially for uh, what we're going through right now as you know a church as you know, the children of God as a country as a whole. Uh, it's been a interesting year, to say the very least. Um, trying year uh, with COVID, with the political climate, with just, you know, all the political stuff going on. And I really don't want to, to get into any of that at all. Uh, I really want to get into uh, what I feel like sparked all this was a, a, a verse that I read that I, I've read many times uh, before. You know, I've, I've known about this verse for a very, very long time. And I really feel like until recently, I didn't have a full understanding of what this verse was talking about. And to be honest, I feel like there's still a lot of room for growth and new revelation about what this verse really means. Because I really feel like this is, is a very undervalued verse in Scripture. Uh, because, honestly, in the South, we, we tend to feel like just being polite and nice is loving someone. And that really isn't the case. But anyways... The verse I uh, want to premise this whole message around comes from the book of John, chapter 13, verse 35. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with this. But it states, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Now, like I said, I have read this verse uh, countless times. This is not a new verse to me. But I would say until recently, I really, in my mind, really misread this verse. Not that I didn't understand what it was saying, but it's like I, the light didn't really come on. The, the, the switch wasn't flipped about what this verse really means. If I, if I had to paraphrase this verse uh, for what, what I really read it as growing up, I would have read it like this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples of how nice you are to another. Uh, and to be honest, that's, I feel like that's how a lot of people read this verse. You know, they, they, they read it and they think, oh, as long as I'm polite to, to the people at church I go, go to and, you know, I'm nice to them. Uh, that's, that's what this verse means. And it really does not. It's so much deeper, more complex than than that. Uh, we really devalue this verse when we approach it from that standpoint. Because what, what it's saying here is the world will know that you are my disciples, a disciple of Christ, how we treat each other as Christians. To be honest, we don't do a great job of that uh, a lot of times. You know, uh, This really uh, skews the way the world sees us as Christians. You know, uh, we're, we're not known for our love for one another in, in a broad, broad sense, if I'm honest. Uh, and I, I think that is something that is really holding us back. Um, but I, I, I like how the message goes after this verse. And I'm just going to read this. Actually, I'm going to start uh, back at verse 34 in the message and read on through 35. Let me give you a new commandment. Love one another in the same way that I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. Now, I think that really captures uh, the meaning a little bit clearer. Uh, there, there's, it's hard to misconstrue. It's hard for your brain to you know, switch that word love would be nice in that kind of context. But... I just want to talk about what loving one another is, what loving one another looks like this morning. And if you look at love, you know, a lot of people want to say love is, you know, emotion. That's the way the world really looks at love. It's, it's an emotion, how you feel towards someone, you know. And it's true and it's not true. If we limit it just to that definition, we are missing a huge chunk about what love is. Um, I, I think a very, very more accurate uh, description of love would be uh, love is, is an investment, you know, because if you love things, you're going to invest into those things or those people. Uh, you're going to invest time. You're going to invest your money. Uh, you're going to invest your vulnerability. You're going to open yourself up and, and be real uh, with, with people that you love. And you're going to invest words into the things and people that you love. Uh, we do it with family, uh, sometimes not well, if I'm honest. We do it with our close friends, again, not well. But this is what I believe would be a very accurate uh, description of what love is. So I'm going to break each of those, those uh, examples of love being an investment and see how we look at those reflected in Scripture. All right. 
So let's take time. Now, in the New Testament, we see countless examples of how Christ took time for people. And a lot of times he took time for people that were seen as outcast uh, or just the value were, was, you know, not that important. You know, I, I think of the time where, you know, all the children started to rush towards Jesus and the disciples hold them back because they think, you know, this is an important teacher. You know, this is this would be like, you know, just a I don't want to use the 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 word politician or celebrity. This would be like a, a, an, a you know, very well-known person, busy schedule. And, you know, it's just like you want to to, to have this guy be very limited to distractions whatnot but jesus didn't do that he he wanted the kids to come and, and see him because he knew they had value that's the thing when you when you give your time to someone you are saying to that person you have value uh another example you know uh the woman at the well you know she she was an adulteress and and probably an outcast in her own community for the most part, but Jesus had time to talk with her and he loved her and shared truth with her. Uh, Zacchaeus is another great example. Uh, a tax collector was not your friend back in, in those days. Um, they were one of the lowest people on the totem pole as far as like um, status in, in the community. But Jesus took his time for Zacchaeus and and spent time with him, had a meal with him, uh, was vulnerable, shared his heart with him, and, and spoke truth into Zacchaeus and his life, and 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 really just changed his world. So it's important that we, in this time that we have in, in America, we view time as one of the most precious things that we have, but we really don't prioritize uh, our, our life that well. Uh, the culture in America is go, go, go. We have uh, to do this. We have to do that. We have to go to the gym, go to work, uh, spend time with the kids, uh, you know, just uh, clean around the house. We've got bills to pay. All are important things, but we tend to not prioritize God into our daily life when he should be the number one priority. And second to that should be you know, others around us. Now, family, I'm not, I'm not saying others outside of your family, put them before your family. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I, I think it's important to recognize the value that, that God has on us as a body, as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, sharing uh, time, sharing living life with one another. And sometimes uh, that's it's going to be hard. It's going to be a sacrifice. You're going to, you're going to have to, to give up something for giving someone your time. Uh, and that, that's something that is really precious to us. You know, our time is precious. But again, it's giving value to that person. Because God, God, uh, God gives every one of his children uh, tremendous value. He he sees them for who he created them to be. And we need to recognize that. If we can see each other in the spirit for who God created us, it will become a lot easier to, to give time towards one another. 
So that that is crucial. Now, it, whether it's you know going over to someone's house to help them with a, a project, or simply just just you know going to have a meal with them, or just talking, having a conversation with with someone when you're in a rush can mean the world to people, and and that's something that the world doesn't really recognize. They recognize it, but but they don't recognize it to the depth of what this scripture is talking about. They're really loving one another and, and seeing other people's value, their true value, not from an outside perspective of what they can give you or what they can do for you, but simply who they are. And that's the love that, that God is wanting us uh, to extend to one another. Now, the uh, next topic, uh, I believe, is money. And uh, there is a, a scripture in Acts. The, the church, early church in Acts, uh, I, I love how they were just united and just really went after this concept of loving one another. And I think they did it really well. And in Acts chapter 4, 32 verse 34, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. And verse 35, For from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, I, I love at the beginning of the verse where it talks about all the believers were one in heart and mind. So this, this had become more than just a, a concept that they all knew about. It, it almost was ingrained in that church's DNA. You know, They were so unified in, in this concept of what it was to love one another, they became one in heart and mind. And further down in the verse, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. Now, I know at DCF, we grace has been ingrained into our DNA. We 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 understand it far far better than we did, you know, years ago. Um, and I really think another the next step for us in this in our in our future is to be. Uh, ingrained with what it means to love one another. We, we, we have God's grace in us, and we understand that. And the next step is for us to allow that grace to show us what it means to really love one another and to do that well. And uh, I really think that a one thing that has really held me back from understanding what this verse is talking about, the, the, the John... Uh, chapter 13, 35, uh, what that, that verse is talking about as far as loving one another is that I tend to limit that scripture to those that go to church with me. When it, that really is talking about all my brothers and sisters in Christ. I have, I have friends that, that go to, to different churches 
But it's almost like I see them and they may go to a, a church that has a slightly different opinion on this scripture or they, they don't believe this, you know, and I take those and I almost, almost not, not disown them as Christians. No, that's not what I'm saying. But it's almost like I, whenever I see a scripture that talks about brothers and sisters or the body of Christ, I immediately think of my church, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if I limit that view to just my church, then I'm still not grasping the scale of what this means. You know, if I if I come across someone in Walmart who who I know, uh, you know, is a friend and they they're a Christian and, and they have need or, or God just impresses on me to just, you know, say something. He gives me a word for that person about maybe something that they're going through or just, you know, some a simple reminder of their identity, then that makes just a it's almost it's almost like a shift change in their in their environment, in their in their spirit. You know, it, it can just bring just a total, you know, 180 about, you know, something they may be going through, you know, where where they may have a sense of hopelessness hopelessness, they are all of a sudden looking at God with full trust and understanding that their hope is in him, you know? So I really feel like when we talk about these different sections, we really need to, to focus in on this is beyond DCF. This, this goes beyond our church. And if we can get that ingrained in us and, and, and just that concept, man, I, I think, I think our city and, and the more that, 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 uh, other Christians can get this ingrained in them. Our our country, the world, will be able to look at us and be like, wow, that they love one another. I recognize. I mean, I they're they're a Christian because they I they love one another. You know, and that that's that was that's what that verse is going after. You know, that's what it what it's meant to be. You know, and I really think when it comes to to investing money, I. I challenge, I challenge uh, my family, Callie and I, I, we challenge ourselves in this. We, we almost want to, to be to a point where it's like giving where it, where it hurts a little bit, if that makes sense. Uh, the, because if you're giving where it feels safe, there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, giving a, an amount that, that feels, feels safe to you. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to go out and sell everything and and give it to the poor. I'm not. I'm not saying that Scripture is saying that you need to be des live a life of destitute. If you have things, you need to get rid of them, and give them to the poor. Um, that, that's not the case. Uh, if God leads you to do that, don't, don't you know? Don't hesitate because obviously His plan for you is better than anything you or I could think up. But I, I think this the spirit of just giving is something where it's like, I'm not going to rely on what my finances look like to, to justify or dictate how I give. Because once I trust that my Heavenly Father, who is in the ultimate control of, of uh, my, my, my income, uh, my finances, my, my what, whatever... Um, things that I have to offer to someone, then, you know, the sky's the limit, you know? And I, I think that's the, the heart of, of what the church in Acts had. 
they they recognize that you know that their wealth isn't isn't their own the things that they have weren't they own weren't their own so they they listened and were sensitive to what the holy spirit was telling them and leading them to do you know and it, it was a joy to be able to to care for one another like that to be able to offer these these things what they they have to one another and i i believe that is that is god's heart for us you know so i want to go on to to vulnerability and this is something that i believe is more so hard or harder for uh for men being vulnerable in, in today's society you know, it's it's very easy to give into uh, an identity of masculinity that the world has, where men don't cry, they don't, they're not emotional, um, and we see that that's just not accurate. That's not that's not what Scripture says. Um, it it talks about in in Romans chapter thirteen verse eight. Let no debt remain outstanding except for the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves one another has fulfilled the law. So we owe each other as brothers and sisters a debt of love. And I love that scripture. Uh, also in uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children. Widen your hearts also. And in, in this, this scripture, Paul is talking to Corinthians. And, and what, what this is saying is that Paul, Paul opened up his heart. He opened up everything. He was giving to this, this church. And they were receiving, but they weren't receiving the fullness of what he was offering them because they were limiting their own affections. What that means is they weren't, they weren't being vulnerable in return. Paul is being vulnerable with them. And, and being open and, and honest with them. But they're not returning that that favor, you know? And really, that's, that's the only way we can receive the fullness of love extended towards us. You know, as men, uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to harp just on the men here, ladies, but uh, as men, we tend to not want to expose our our what we see as weaknesses or shortcomings for fear of looking weak when it's the exact opposite. If we're vulnerable enough to, to be open about our struggles or, or something we're going through or, or just challenges, that is, that is actually offering a strength because you're opening yourself up to, to uh, others to come in and, and pour into your life with words of encouragement, with uh, sometimes practical giving and and just speaking truth into your life reminding you of your identity in Christ and then that in the end makes you stronger I, I think about uh, the scripture in Proverbs that talks about correct a fool and he'll hate you for it I'm paraphrasing uh, but correct a wise man and he will thank you for it because he will be wiser still this in the same way is similar that if you're vulnerable about you know something you're struggling with and you allow someone to come in and minister to you you're actually allowing yourself to be uh to receive strength from 
from their from the words that, that God is, is putting on their hearts to share with you, or the truth of Scripture, or, or your identity in Christ. So we look at that, and we're, we're actually getting stronger when we become more vulnerable with one another. I mean, even Christ was vulnerable in the garden uh, of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. He, he asked God, he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know, that's 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 almost as vulnerable as you can get. And that was Jesus. You know, he, he was perfection and still he was vulnerable with his heavenly father. He didn't want to, he didn't want to suffer all that. No one, I don't know, no one in their right minds would want to go through that. But he did, but he was honest with God like this, this is not going to be good. And that is putting it super light, you know. So we, we see even in scripture that Christ was vulnerable. And so we ourselves need to be vulnerable with one another in order to, to love one another. Now, um, the video that I saw that kind of sparked this, this whole uh, message this morning was a video about, uh, well, it had Francis Chan and Ravi Zacharias. If you, if you don't know who they are, they're uh, uh, pastors, ministers. Ravi Zacharias recently passed away. He was a, a, a huge uh, influence and just uh, a great father in the faith. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to say, you know, they both had everything in order and they, everything that they say or teach is absolutely correct. I agree with a lot of what they say. Um, but anyways, it, it was about their first interactions with one another. And I, I really love how Francis, Francis Chan uh, explains and, and tells that story about his first meeting with Ravi Zacharias because I think that it is a perfect example about vulnerability and um, just uh, a willingness to uh, uh, speak truth and words to one another and the impact that that can have. But anyway, here's the video uh, that, that really inspired this whole uh, message and I hope that, that it can just really kind of open your eyes a little bit like it did me. Gosh, are we known uh, for our love for one another? And what are, what are we doing right now to pursue this oneness that Christ wants of us? I, I said this at the luncheon earlier. Um, man, I love this man. Uh, the first time we met, I don't even remember when it was, but I remember just, maybe it wasn't the very first time, but I remember just one time because, okay, I'm not an apologist. Most of you guys know that. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> I've tried, you know, it's like my mind goes so far. And, and so I need brothers like this so badly. You know, it used to be back in the 90s when a pastor felt like he just had to be everything. I got to know more than everyone else. But, but now it's just like, okay, I just can't, I can't do it. All. I'm not going to be the best Bible teacher or the, the best scholar and the best counselor and the best leader and the best apologist. So I need this. But a lot of times when I, when I encounter someone who is a scholar, I get intimidated. I think a lot of us do. We just feel stupid, right? And, and usually they'll tell us why we are stupid, you know, and, and they'll like, ah, I knew it, I knew it, and you just proved it to me. I already knew that. Tell me something I don't know. And so, but 
I remember, you know, one of the times, Ravi, you know, I, it might have been our first time meeting, and we were both going to speak in an event, and he just comes up to me and just hugs me and tells me how much he loves me and thanks God. I think he just started praying, God, it is such an honor to share the stage with this man. Francis, I am so honored to be on the same stage. Do you know what that does for a person who's already feeling insecure and, and everything else? And then him saying, no, I'm honored to be with you. Your contribution to the body of Christ, like a father, like love. It was so foreign to me to be loved by a scholar, seriously, and valued by one. Now, the fact that that feels so foreign is an indictment to where we're at. And I get it, and I want to be the first to apologize. Like, I can get so fired up about my thing that it may seem like I'm mad at you. I'm not, okay? I, I, I just get fired up about stuff, and I, I get bothered when I know how much people are suffering around the world. And I think about people who've never heard the gospel. And, and sometimes in my zeal for something, I forget that my number one call is to love you deeply, like for this oneness. And, and the Bible is saying when that happens in the church, that's when the world's going to know that we're his disciples, and that's what we need to fight for. And I, I just love that video. It, it, because if, I, if you look at Francis Chan and Robbie Zacharias, they're both... Uh, just mature, strong men of faith, really, really fathers uh, for for most people, and to see how how they their view for one, you know, you know, Francis looks at Ravi as like, man, he's this intellectual, you know, theologian who knows way more than I do, and I'm just, you know, this this just guy, you know, it, it, it's almost like this. It's hard to believe because a lot of people look at Francis Chan and be like, "Man, this guy has got it going on. He he's got everything going going. I want I want to have the faith like Francis Chan, and and Ravi just to to speak into Francis like I I love you for who you are and what you bring to the faith. Well, not even just what you bring, but who you are. You know, looking at someone's identity like, like I talked about earlier, being able to look into uh, look at someone and see them how God sees them, and just to to speak that clearly, and just thanking God for for my brother or sister for who He's created them to be, who they are, and and, and throwing out any kind of you know what they can bring uh, to you or, or to the body, simply loving them for who God made them to be. It, it's it's amazing just how simply taking the time to to speak words of truth and encouragement to someone you know is is life changing it can be it can be a total you know game changer for them in a in a scenario or, or a situation they're going through uh, we see countless scriptures uh, where where it encourages you know speaking love and encouragement to one another because loving with words helps shows value to someone you know, in Hebrews three thirteen, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of of sin. Excuse me. 
And that is, that is so important. If we, if we fail to, to remember, recognize uh, that, you know, life, even for, for someone that you think has everything going right as far as their faith and everything, that they've, they've got all their ducks in order and they are just, you know, uh, just a, a mighty warrior in the faith. If we fail to realize that life is not beating them down at times, we're, we're really uh, deluded uh, because life is just, it can be hard sometimes. Not to say that we, we don't uh, have hope or joy in, the, in situations when life is hard, but sometimes we just need someone to come alongside us and be like, you know what? God's going to get you through this because he's made you to be strong. He's made you to be healthy. All these things, just speaking truth and identity of someone uh, can really just, oh my gosh, it really, I can't stress this enough. It, it just changes their, their situation, how they view it. You know, uh, you go from a, a survival situation into a thriving situation, you know, uh, in Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. You know, I really, uh, I, th I think that when we get to a point where, where we really love one another above ourselves, the way scripture tells us, the way Christ demonstrated for us, man, that's going to, that's going to change the world. And I really think, I can't, I believe I said this already, but I, I really think for us as a body, the next step in our, 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 I hate to use the word evolution, but our, our, our level up is getting this, this idea, this concept of loving one another so ingrained in our DNA. It's going to change our, our circumstances. It's going to change our environment. It's going to change how people approach us, you know, because if we're not loving one another, how, how can we effectively uh, bring people to Christ and, and and show him, you know, this this is this is a, a man who died for you, and and gave his life so that you could have eternal life with him, in right relationship with him, and and really just you know, how can we how can we offer them an, a, that when we treat each other well, not the way. It was meant we were meant to be treating one another. If we're not treating each other with love, how is that appealing to the world? I just want to close with this scripture. Uh, I love it. it. Just really is to me an encouragement of uh, you know what what we need to be doing right now in America uh, and in the world. And it's First Peter chapter four. 7 through 11. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. This is the message, if it sounds a little off to you. <laughs> Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homelessly, homeless, cheerfully, and then on, be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, 
let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. On course to the end of time, oh yes. God, I just thank you that you demonstrated to us what real love looks like. I pray that we can just make this this uh, scripture come to life for us and be and be real uh, that it becomes ingrained in our DNA that it becomes our natural uh, position position our natural posturing when we approach each other that we approach each other in love offering our time our, our words our, our, our resources um, and just our vulnerability to one another that we can love each other well that the church will be known for its love for one another. That the, that the world will, will see that love and just be enticed by it and, and want to ask, how, how are y'all able to do this? Y'all love each other so well. And we can in turn share the, the truth and the gospel with them. God, I pray that, that we as a body will just emulate this in our city, and then we can emulate this for, for our, our friends and our family, God. We thank you. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. David, thank you so much. That was awesome. Before we wrap up this week, I want you to know that just because we are not physically in the building, that does not mean we're not available. You can reach out to us for anything at DothanCF.com or on our Facebook page or if you've got our phone numbers, just text or call us if you need anything at all, please. Um, I want to remind us that there are three ways to give. You can set up automatic bill pay through your bank. You can pay online at DothanCF.com under give or you can just simply mail a check in um, to the church. We'll keep you guys posted on what ne next week looks like. We love you all. Talk to you later.